What is the point of our lives if we are not going around noticing things? This is Heart of the Story, and I'm Nadine Kenny Johnstone. I'm a writer and a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their memoirs and essays. But most importantly, I'm a human who's always trying to figure out what my soul is saying. Each week, I'll share stories and tips of healing, hope, and following my heart so that you'll feel inspired to follow yours. Hi, friends. As I'm speaking with you, I want to paint the picture. It's the afternoon, and I have all of the lights down to create softness around me. I've asked Jamie to take Gio to his after-school activities so that the house can be quiet. And yet, just before I was about to hop on to speak with you all, I got a video of our son singing during his after-school performance, which I was not at. And I had that ping of mom guilt, not even the ping, an onslaught of mom guilt. And yet, I so need this time to pause and rest and just talk from the soul. And this is the struggle of my life. And if you're anything like me these days, you're feeling a bit overwhelmed. You are feeling like there's just too much to do. There is too much expected of you at work or at home or in your own mind. Maybe your calendar is just completely overbooked. Maybe your inbox is overflowing. Maybe you can't listen at all to what your heart is saying because there isn't a single second in the day to listen to it. And maybe you do have some time in your schedule, but you're usually so multitasking that when you sit down to tune in, you don't even know what to listen to. You feel like your brain is just swimming and can't settle. My friends, you are not alone. We are all part of this machine. (laughs) And so today I want to talk with you about a really powerful few days that I had away recently and a podcast that I listened to that was really life-changing and some time that I took with other women to rest and check in with myself. And I want to dedicate this episode to the napping women in my life. My mom, who takes a nap every day in the afternoon, usually sometime around 2.30 or 3. 
She gets her blankets over her. She has her whole little routine, her Kleenex nearby, and she's got <laughs> like her headband that she puts on her head. Sometimes she puts it over her eyes like a, a sleep mask, an eye mask. And before her, my grandma, my mom's mom, was quite a napper as well. And every afternoon, she would lie down on the couch or in her room, and she would rest. And all along, I grew up watching these women who did so many things. And I always thought of the women in my life as really, really strong women, doer women. I rarely even thought about these women not in action. Like I always just think about them as always being in motion. My mom has so much energy and my grandmother raised four kids and did a lot of this before even having a car or being able to drive a car. She got her license in her late 30s. And so when I think about these women, I always thought of them in motion. And then I listened to this one podcast with Glennon Doyle, We Can Do Hard Things, who is interviewing Trisha Hersey, who just wrote a book called Rest is Resistance. And it talked about the need, the priority for, and the absolute case for resting, napping, why watching our mothers and grandmothers nap is so vital. And for us as women to rest as resistance from the capitalist machine that we're all a part of. And oh, did it get me thinking. And so I am going to talk with you about all my thoughts on this subject and how I want to be a woman who rests and who naps. And I want to be a person who my son looks at as someone who prioritized their own well-being. And when I look on social media, more and more, I am unfollowing people who just seem like they are nonstop, always doing, 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 and not resting. Because every time I look at that, I feel like I should be doing more. And my heart races, and I get a block in my throat, and I feel bad about myself. And instead, I like to follow people who admit that it's not sustainable, that we need downtime, that transitions take time, that sitting and laughing and connecting with other people is often more important than our to-do list, that being in stillness and giving ourselves rest is sometimes more important than attending that event or saying yes to that person. Let me talk with you about this. A couple weeks ago, I went to the Berkshires of Massachusetts. 
I went to Kripalu, which is a retreat center that has been around for quite a while. And I signed up for this retreat months ago, maybe five, six months ago, because I knew that if I didn't put it in my calendar, it would sneak up and then I would say, it's too late, I'm too busy. The whole purpose for me to go is that I made a promise to myself last year to make time for retreat a couple times a year. And of course, this feels like a grand luxury, like an unattainable possibility. But I so understood the benefits of attending each retreat that I've attended that I know it's life-giving each time I go. So I signed up for the retreat for mid-October, also because I knew that the leaves at that time of year would be gorgeous. And I signed up for Wild Souls, Renee Trudeau's women's self-renewal retreat. I had been to hers in California last January, and I knew it would not disappoint, and it didn't. I also decided that at the end of the trip that I would meet up with people in Massachusetts that I used to be very close with, and I've remained close with them, but I haven't seen some of them in a long time. So I have teacher friends that I taught at a university with that I haven't seen in nine years. I have friends that lived right down the road from me that were dear, dear friends and still are, um, but I only get to see them once every year or every couple of years. So the whole purpose of the weekend was woman-centric not only for myself as a woman, but connecting with other women and women friends. So there are no direct flights to this space from where I am in Florida. And so it was a day of traveling. Jamie dropped me off at the airport, and then I had two flights to get to Massachusetts. My second flight was heavily delayed, and by the time I got to Hartford, Connecticut, where I was driving from to get to Western Mass, it was late. It was dark. There was a huge line at the car rental place, and it felt like, oh, what am I doing? I signed up for this thing, and now it's causing more stress than retreat. So what's the point? But I said to myself what I always say to myself, which is, give it time. So then it was late at night, and I was navigating through a rainstorm, these winding back roads in the mountains, <laughs> in a rental car that was unfamiliar to me, and no dinner anywhere, because it's like small town USA over there. And I didn't know where to stop. I wanted to grab something quick. I couldn't sit down for a full dinner experience. And it was like eight o'clock at night by this point. So I'm driving through the dark in the mountains. And then I finally get to this space. The room itself is very sparse. It's like a cinder block dorm, like maybe you had in college, teeny tiny, two little twin beds, a shared bathroom down the hall. It's no frills. 
And I don't really need that much, so I wasn't expecting that much. But I came a day early, and so I was one of the only people I saw that night. And so it was a little strange arriving kind of to a a ghost town campus and everyone had already kind of tucked in for the night and there weren't that many people and I was by myself in this room. But I decided, you know what, go to bed early and just sleep, just sleep and see what the next day brings. What the next day brought was such a magical sight. I could not believe my eyes. I woke up to the sunrise and out my window was this misty, beautiful fog that had settled over the mountains. And it was just enchanting. And right away, I was just abuzz with the need to take pictures of everything. So I bundled up in my fleece and my sweatpants and I went for a walk and I got to see all the beautiful leaves that had changed colors and how the fog was kind of burning off as the sun grew brighter and how the water was evaporating off of the lake and it was so magical that I thought, this is why I'm here. I'm here to notice the simplest of gifts that are all around us that are splendid. And I remembered that I go on these retreats to put myself in new environments because new environments wake me up. They get me off the hamster wheel. They get me out of my rut and my everyday routine and the mundane. And they get me seeing beauty again. And man, did I see beauty everywhere. I took, no joke, about 200 pictures in a matter of three days on this campus. I was fascinated by the geese. They reminded me of the geese that lived on our lake behind our house in Illinois when we used to live there. I was fascinated by all of the different colors of the changing leaves. I was fascinated by the smells all around the kind of dry grass smell, the almost kind of spicy, pungent smell of the forest as leaves decay. I was fascinated by the soft green texture of moss on my hikes. I was fascinated by everything. And I was reminded that as a human, I love the beauty of nature. It is one of the greatest gifts I don't need barely anything (laughs) in terms of material possessions. I just love looking at nature. And I heard once that creativity really comes from looking at creation. So when I look at creation, nature, I feel creative. And that was entirely true. I just felt so buzzy with gratitude and inspiration. So the campus 
overlooks all these mountains. It's up on a hill. And so you get a great vantage point. And then there's the lake and there are hiking trails everywhere. And the facility itself has a big cafeteria and different meeting halls and then dorm rooms all around. And so you go and you typically sign up for a program and you are able to in the morning do yoga or meditation and then eat breakfast at certain times and then go to your program sessions, then take a break for lunch, then go back to your program sessions and they have stuff at night for you to do as well. And so there's already a structure of schedule. So that first day, the retreat started in the evening. So I had the whole day to kind of figure out what I wanted to do and to tap back in to what I actually wanted to do, not what I should do, but what I actually wanted to do. And when is the last time you asked yourself, what do I want to do? (laughs) So there was a guided hike. There was a morning one and an afternoon one. And originally I signed up for the morning one, but the fog was still pretty heavy. And I knew that the fog would lift in the afternoon guided hike. And I wanted to see even more than I had seen. And so I changed plans and I decided to do the afternoon guided hike instead, because that's what I wanted to do. So in the morning, I went for a walk by myself, took the pictures, ate breakfast, and just kind of took my time getting ready, like slowly evolving into the day. And then after lunch, I went on this guided hike. And it was so incredible because we would stop constantly, our group, and we would look at things and notice things and colors and look at that mushroom and smell. What are you noticing now? And take a look here. And what I saw was everything that had been there all along, but I hadn't even noticed. There was this bright orange salamander that I would have completely missed except the tour guide pointed it out. And it was right there, like right next to our feet, but I would have missed it. And then she said to concentrate on an anchoring point, whether it be like a smell or sound. And so everywhere that we hiked, I just kept telling myself, smell the smells, see what you're noticing about the smells. And I noticed how they changed every 100 feet or so the smells of the forest and the ground beneath us went from dry to soggy to buoyant to hard to rocky and it just felt so good to notice what is the point of our lives if we are not going around noticing things what so that we can rush to get to the next thing to get to the next thing so we can all get it done except it's never done. We just get up and we do it all over again, right? I want to notice if you've been paying attention at all to this podcast, I'm really focused on living an intentional life. And I want to notice my life. I know all too well about our precious time here. And I don't want to go through it not noticing things. It's what fills up my soul to notice. So I noticed the salamander and I noticed the smells and the whole walk up to the peak was silent. We had to be in silence and I loved 
was so great to be in silence. Challenge yourself today. Give yourself a half an hour of silence after you listen to the podcast. (laughs) Don't talk to anyone. Don't listen to anything. Go walk somewhere and just be silent. And then let your ears fill with the sounds of nature. It feels like such a relief. It's like you go from the loudest party that's giving you a headache and you go into the softest cocoon and you can hear a bird chirp and your whole body and your brain and your ears are like, oh, thank goodness. I couldn't deal with it anymore. It's like we've been in a world of everybody screaming and we forget that maybe we're not built to withstand that. (laughs) I met a woman on that hike because for the second part of it, you could talk. And we kind of went into this soft conversation and she is so lovely. And we got to talk on like deeper level, not just small talk. Something about being in nature in that intimate experience allowed us to kind of cut through BS pretty quickly. And it felt great to just talk deeply one-on-one with another human while surrounded by gorgeous nature. So the word that kept coming to me the whole weekend was less. And you know, I always talk about Shauna Nequist, but she has a list of like less. And I think it's in present over perfect or somewhere, but that's what I just kept thinking about. I want less noise. I want less everyone, everything, everywhere. I want deeper, intimate connections with other people and with myself. So then at night, the retreat began, and the entire retreat was a mix of resting. Like at one point, you'll walk into the room, and there are just, you know, blankets laid out. And it's like, we're just going to begin this session in silence, just resting. And I was like, yes, (laughs) like prescribed nap time, yes, and dancing and talking to small groups of women and singing. And something about being in that community of other women, even though it's a lot of women, you might think, oh goodness, that's a lot. It felt so replenishing because we weren't being asked to quiz or interview every woman. It's like when we were singing, our voices became one. We were just asked to join the collective. And when we were dancing, we were allowed to close our eyes and just get into our own space and feel our own bodies and ask ourselves, how do I want to move? How does my body want to move? And you realize that your body has a soul of its own, like it it has its own needs. And if you tune in, you see what they are. Oh, you want to move like this. Interesting. Oh, you really need to loosen up your hips. Oh, this is tight. Okay, let me help you. And you start kind of reacting to your body in a really nurturing way. I cried multiple times during the retreat because it was so satisfying to take care of myself 
but also because I felt so sad for the past versions of me, little girl me, teenage me, young adult me, new mom me, hard worker me, that abandoned myself. I felt so sorry for her. I felt so bad for how exhausted I had driven myself to be in past times in my life. And I wept. I wept for the little girl who thought she always had to like be the smartest in the class. And I wept for the teenage me who was so wanting to just like fit in and be part of groups and exhausting myself to the point of just trying to be a chameleon. And I felt so sad for the hustler me who is just trying to always do better college and grad school and get that job at that magazine and get this and that. And I just was like, honey, let me hug you. (laughs) And then it felt so good to love on her. So that was the retreat. And can you imagine what it would be like to love on yourself the way you so desperately want other people to love you? What if you could give that to yourself? That is the beauty of taking a retreat. And oh my gosh, seeing other people be good to themselves, watching other women put it all down, and rest, and let loose, and sing even if they weren't great singers, and dance in ways that just, if they videotaped themselves, they might be so self-conscious, but because we were all in this space together, they just felt free to move in this safe space. It was beautiful watching these women be unencumbered. In two separate times, There was such a delightful, heart-filling moments for me. I would be watching all these women and just thinking in my head, you're amazing. You are so wonderful. And during one of the exercises, you're supposed to walk up to another woman and just kind of like, here's a group of all these women and you're supposed to lock eyes with a stranger and just kind of go over to them and, and say this certain thing. And this woman beelined for me and I was like, oh, hi. And she said, I have been noticing you. You have such a bright light, an aura about you. And again, tears. I was like, someone sees that in me? Wow. (laughs) To be seen by somebody else is incredible. And then later, there was the dancing part. We did a ton of dancing. Renee says that at 19 minutes, everything shifts. If you can dance for 19 minutes, there's a shift that happens. And she quoted a neuroscientist that says this. And I believe it. We could all feel it that around 20 minutes of dancing, like you just get to a point where you're like, I am just in a different state entirely. And you are just letting go. And after one of these dancing sessions, I was walking out the door to lunch and another woman came up to me and she said, I have to let you know, I saw you have a moment there 
where you just let go. And it was really inspiring to watch. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) I felt the same thing about so many other people, but to see that somebody had noticed it in me. I mean, this is the beauty of a retreat. Not only are you just breaking ground in your own body and in your old patterns, but somebody else is seeing that magically happen and transform. Whoa. So it was like holding space for all of these women to just feel like they could be in a safe enough environment to let go. That's what we were all doing for each other. And of course, Renee and her helpers were were so amazing. I became friends with some of the other women there. and, And I went into it literally saying to myself, there is no obligation to make friends with anyone here. You could spend every meal in silence if you want, if that is what you need. Your goal here is to tend to you. And yet when I would leave these sessions, even though I am an introvert, I would feel so inspired by what I had just seen. I wanted to sit and talk with other women about what had just happened. And so I would go to the cafeteria with small groups of women and we would connect on such deep levels beyond the small talk. And I felt so full. And during the free time, we had the choices of what to do. You could go to this yoga class, you could take a hike. And I really had to just keep checking in with myself because the gold star, I want to do well, be good, part of me, wanted to attend every last thing. But when I really think about what rest is, I think about that golden hour glow before the sun sets when everything is just so dreamy and how I love resting and reading a book at that time. Like it's my favorite thing. Before I became a mom, when I had a bit more free time, we had a screened in porch in our house in Massachusetts and I would wait for that golden hour and I would just luxuriate in the pre-sunset, the sunset, and then the after sunset. Like I would just, ooh, I would delight in it. And I would read a book and usually end up kind of dozing off and all the better. And so that's what I did. I opened my window, the fall air smelled so good and it was crisp and it looked out at the mountains. It was a teeny tiny window, but it looked out at the mountains and I moved the furniture around a little bit so that I could prop myself up to get a little view and I had my mug and it was warm. It had oat milk and cacao and I sat there and I read some pages And then I just kind of closed my eyes and rested and I didn't go into full sleep. It was just like this in between. Ooh, it was incredible. I was thinking the entire weekend about why these simple things are the greatest gifts. Time in nature, listening to other women laugh and sing and dance, being someone who's laughing and singing and dancing, giving myself the gift to just read for an hour in the afternoon. And what I was really inspired by 
was the podcast that I mentioned earlier that I listened to on the ride to the retreat. So that whole rainy mess of a ride to Kripalu from the airport, I was listening to that We Can Do Hard Things episode with Trisha Hersey, and she is called the Bishop of the Nap Ministry. What better ministry to have than one that revolves around naps? And I just kept thinking about how true it is that rest is the resistance to productivity culture, to grind culture, to capitalism, to oppression, to everything. And Trisha talked about her grandmother resting her eyes in between doing work and how important it was for her to do that and for Trisha to witness that. And the whole weekend, I just kept thinking about the necessity for rest and how we've been sold this bill of goods of, oh, okay, as women, now we get to be in the workforce. And now that we're expected to do everything, hmm, feels like a bit of a setup. <laughs> and Trisha talks a lot about that on the podcast. You just have to go and listen. I can't possibly capture all the wisdom that she shared. You have to listen to it. And I just kept thinking the whole time, no, my job in this moment is not to do one more thing. It is to do less and it is to rest. So after the retreat, I drove on a beautiful sunny Sunday, like the best kind of fall day from the mountains of Western Mass towards Boston. And it was just one of the most stunning drives I've ever taken. I was by myself going on these roads, just looking at beautiful fall scene after beautiful fall scene and listening to the music that I wanted to listen to and having it be really, really soft because <laughs> Jamie and I, one of our biggest uh, headbutts is about volume. <laughs> so I listened to it really softly and I felt deep gratitude that I get to live this life and see these sights. And I talked to my mom on the ride. And the, one of the first things she said was, I can hear it in your voice. Like, I know these weekends do something to you and for you because I can hear it in your voice. And I was trying to communicate exactly all what happened over the weekend and I couldn't fully put it into words but she could hear it in my voice because retreats change your energy and so then right from there I drove to my teacher friend's home where she had spiced cider on the stove bubbling and I walked into her beautiful home which is surrounded by all these fall trees and smelled that cider and saw her face and my other teacher friend's face and I haven't seen their faces in nine years and it was just like arms wide open hugs 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 we just kept looking at each other and then hugging each other again and these women are my mentors these are like these wise aunties that I have or something I don't even know how to describe the impact that they have 
had on my life when I was a young teacher and they were just so incredible. And the first thing that the host Meg said was, do you have your hiking boots? Do you have your walking shoes? And I said, you bet, because we would always go for walks together. And here she is just this spunky woman who will, I will forever think of her as just someone who walks in the woods. And we went for a walk like we always used to do when we taught together. And I just thought about these strong, powerful women and how I'm just amazed by their ability to give themselves what they need. Like what I desperately needed when I got to warehouse because I'd been in the car for two hours was to move my body. And I had just come from a retreat, but I even had a hard time thinking about how to ask. Like, I know you're hosting us and I'm sure everybody wants to sit around and and have something to drink, but can we go for a walk first to just stretch my muscles? They're so tight. And she took the words out of my mouth. She needed it too. So sometimes rest, giving ourselves what we need, it doesn't always look passive. It could be active resting of like, let's just go forest bathe, nature bathe. And that's what we did. We just took it slow, walking over the the roots of trees and noticing things. And we noticed a beaver dam and we caught up on each other's lives and it was exactly what we needed. And then we came back and we sat around her fire pit and I took my shoes off and I put my feet up and my feet were so warm by the fire and we drank our spiced cider and it was heavenly. And I thought this is way better. than any number of things that might be on my to-do list. And then I went and spent time with my friends, Cheryl and Kelly, whom I used to live close to when Gio was a newborn baby and even before that. And we were in such lovely company with each other. I can't explain it. It was just so good to sit on Cheryl's sectional and just get cozy and comfy and then go sit on her porch and just talk and be open with each other. And Cheryl and I had been talking about, you know, should we go to a restaurant somewhere? And we just kept coming back to, we just want to like be together without anything else. We don't need the extra. So we got takeout and when we got into the coziest spots at Cheryl's house and we just got to sit together and talk and catch up and talk about deep things and funny things and Cheryl is just such a a nurturing soul and Kelly is just this amazing, amazing human. To meet her is to like just be engulfed in her welcoming laughter and hug and together both of them are, I'm I'm teary-eyed even thinking about it, they are, oh, They are these spirits that are so caring that I feel so lucky to know them. To be in their presence is to be engulfed in a giant hug. And my only hope is that they feel that hug 
back. <laughs> That's what I hope. They deserve all the hugs and rest in the world. So it was women sitting on a couch, having a glass of wine, and talking and laughing. And that pretty much sums up the entire weekend. There are a million more things I could say, like all the ways that both women just made me feel so at home in my old home. <laughs> but suffice to say that it was just wonderful to walk and talk and laugh and sit and, and connect. So what's the point of everything I'm talking about? I think it's coming back to giving ourselves the necessary rest that we deserve, giving ourselves the gift. And as Tricia says, rest is our birthright. We deserve it. We need it. It is what will help us get into the creative space. It's not, oh, we rest and therefore everything shuts down. When we rest, we are able to have the thoughts and the new ideas that create this amazing world and promote positive change. So this is a case for rest, for connecting with other women, for taking care of yourself. I know I'll see many of you in December at my women's retreat at the beach. I hope that you can give yourself the gift at some point of a retreat, whether it be there or elsewhere. You deserve it. You need it. You are worthy of it. Thank you, Michelle Rado. I hope you can rest after producing this podcast. And remember, everyone, every heart has a story and every story has a heart. See you next week.